In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WABA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WABA. My name is Dennis Williams, and I'm director of ministry for WABA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, if I were a betting man, and I'm not, but I would guess or bet that most of you are pretty familiar with, at least know the words, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, instructs believers to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I, Jesus, have commanded you. Well, our guest today has written a book to help churches get back to the basics of discipleship. He wants to equip local churches to train up godly leaders. Amen. Man, I got to say amen to that. His book, Christ Will Build His Church, examines leadership throughout the Old and New Testaments and offers testimony from modern-day disciple-makers. And he joins us today from Mount Airy, Maryland. Of course, guys, you know the drill if you've been with us any time at all. Here to get us started to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Aspen, Virginia. My brother, it is good to see you, man. It is good to be together once again, and you know, the section of scripture that we're going to talk about today on the show is one of those things, as you mentioned, that that a lot of us have heard before, but many times as we talk on the good news for the city, our challenge is not knowledge. Our mm-hmm. challenge is applying that knowledge into our life. Mm-hmm. It's not just enough to know what scripture says, but scripture is given to us in order to live it out, and mm-hmm. when it comes to the subject of discipleship, There are some tensions, I think, that we all have to deal with in our own lives, whether it's insecurities, whether it's lack of knowledge, or whether it's just a lack of effort. There could be lots of things. But what I'm excited about is that we have someone today who's going to help us kind of work through this a little bit. And we have in studio uh, Dr. Wally Webster. He gave me permission to call him Pastor Wally, so I'm going to just call him Pastor Wally now. He is a passionate follower of Jesus for over 50 years. Uh, and, and I love this in his bio. I, and again, Dennis, we get a chance to read a lot of bios uh, sometimes, and they're all worth reading and all worth telling Amen. about people. But, but I, I love what he's saying right here. He is only completing Christ and has purpose in life when his will lines up with God's will. Not only he has the privilege of being God's child, but he also has the honor and privilege to serve God. And because of God, God the Father's grace and mercy, he's been able to teach high school, college, and as well as graduate school. Pastor Wally has uh, been blessed to pastor for the last 34 years. Uh, 35 years rather. And none of this, he would say again, is even possible without what God has done for him and as well as done through him. It's all for God's glory, he would tell you. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But since 1986, he's been the lead pastor of Mount Airy Bible Church. And during this time, he's done many things, I'm sure. But one thing that's really we're going to dig in today, he has developed a men's discipleship ministry that God has used for his glory. So thanks for being with us, Pastor Wally. Glad to have you here. Thank you. It's such an honor to be with you all. God bless you. Yeah. So um, you have a subtitle to your book, Christ Will Build His Church. And there's sort of a subtitle or let me say a comma and then another question. But what is my role? 
And so let's kind of dig into this. You know, Dennis mentioned a second ago, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, known for a lot of people as the Great Commission. It says, go into all the world and, and make disciples. If you're um, a King James Version, like I grew up learning in King, King James Version, go therefore. Use some good old English in that way. But let's talk about a couple things as we dive into some, maybe some misnomers I want you to clarify. Number one, when Jesus gave this, and is a command to go, it's, you know, if we want to get into the Greek, we can talk the imperative and all that sort of stuff. That doesn't matter, but it's a command. When Jesus gave this command, was it just for the original disciples or was it for everyone? And then the second question I would say is, when we look at this verse, is that just mean go into other places of the world and just for people who we would call vocational missionaries, or is this for all believers? Uh, that's a fantastic question. I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'm excited about this mission. I'm excited about this program. This is great. Now, I, I would strongly encourage every Christian to look at this reference. Uh, he said it to the 12 apostles, and, but as you look through the Acts, book of Acts, and what they did, and the rest of the epistles, especially 2 Timothy 2, 2, Paul says, find faithful men and train them up. So we're committed to this. We believe uh, discipleship is the key to the depth of the church. Yeah. Now, you know, I think there are times in life that we've mentioned before on the show that I like to describe as catalytic moments. And maybe those moments are a moment in time or maybe where it just all comes together that uh, really lays on the heart of someone, especially if they're going to write something down and go through the tedious and arduous work of writing a book. Many people say, well, what was that prompting? What is it in your experience that you were maybe as a pastor, as an individual, as you were called in your community that, that made you say, hey, it's really important that maybe we need to talk about this at a way that I can put in the book. So those people who have the privilege to hear the show right now and pick up the book, which you can pick out at Amazon.com right after the show uh, and to learn more about it. Well, that's that's exactly that's. Uh... The story is phenomenal. I wish I could share it, but it is in the book. Mm -hmm. But what happened was I, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm going to share it right away that I, unfortunately that's a, that's a weakness on my part and I need to get fired up. Mm. And so God, I was praying for God to send me gray haired men to take care of the ministry. I was a young pastor, didn't know what I was doing. I was just, I was really lost early on. So I'm saying, God, just bring me some men. And God said, what about second Timothy two, two? And I said, well, that's a great verse, God, but uh, please bring me some men and <laughs> saying, uh, what about second Timothy two, two? And uh, so God burdened my heart deeply over that passage. And Dr. Norm Geisler was at our church and he wanted to know what was going on at our church. Why are these men so excited and fired up for God? What are you doing here? And I, he asked me to write the book mm. and I said, I would only do it if he'd write the forward. So he was gracious to do that. And then uh, the rest, I guess, is our history. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I love that, about what you just said is a confessional. Uh, you described it as lazy. Um, maybe you're being hard on yourself. Maybe you're being absolutely accurate. I don't know. But I do think we can certainly be at minimum complacent. Uh, we can expect certain things to happen that God has given us a prescription and a description of how it should occur in this idea of discipleship is one of them that is very clearly laid out. But yet, if we talk and interact with a lot of people, it would be something that maybe they would understand that God has called us to disciple, but actually what that looks like and what that means, there may be some things lagging there. And, and that's true, by the way, in all of our lives, whether we're pastors, young pastors, not as young pastors, or what would we say, as a good friend of mine would say, we find ourselves in a moment where we have more sand in the bottom of our hourglass than the top of our hourglass. 
it, it's true in all of our lives, but your book begins by examining disciple makers. And uh, what's interesting about it is lots of times when we talk about discipleship, we immediately launch to the New Testament because we think about the 12 apostles, which we call them the 12 disciples, and in Jesus doing that, who's the perfect model of discipleship. But there was some stuff in the Old Testament as well. Who are some of those most impactful people, especially in the Old Testament, that stand out uh, to you? And what about them attracted you to put them in your book? Well, I st- first started looking at uh, Moses. Moses was the probably the first one that really grabbed my heart because God had commissioned Moses to lead an incredible group of people, God's chosen people. And he um, carefully raised up a man by the name of Joshua, spent time with Joshua, walked with Joshua. Wonderful story. If you spend time reading Moses and Joshua, tremendous disciple maker. Mm, yeah. Now, I don't know if you've ever run into this before. I think that I have. And Dennis, feel free to chime in at any point because we often joke in between the two of us. Between the two of us, we've been pastoring for 60 years. I'll let you know that Dennis has more of that, more of that than I do. Okay, uh, I have 57. Fine. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, you know, there are some things that I think commonly come out when it comes about, hey, when I look at this idea of I'm supposed to go make a disciple in the one of the big ones is around this concept of readiness. So I'd like for you to speak into that. How does one actually know when you're ready to disciple another person? Great question. And I think that this, what the enemy does is he puts a fear on our hearts that we're never mm. capable, we're never ready, we're never able to serve God. You well, know, that's I've had true. a bad past or I'm not what, you know, whatever. And there's always this, this doubts and I forget, we've been entrusted with spiritual blessing. We've been trusted with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, yes, yes. God can yes. use even me. And if you make yourself available and just say, God, use me. And I tell people, just work hard at witnessing, lead someone to Jesus Christ. You've got someone you know more about Jesus than they do. You can start mm. right with that. So I, I just say, just trust God and go forward. This is how we have it today is good men, good women, we're faithful, and now we have the entrusted truth. So I'm excited yeah. about everyone's potential to be a disciple. Maker. That reminds me, Brian, that reminds me of what my dad told me long, 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 long time ago. Um, and I, I was talking to him about um, we were going to have a baby, and uh, it was a baby boy. And, and, um, and I said, Dad, I don't know if I'm ready, man, to be a dad. I don't know if I – he said, son, let me tell you something. If you wait until you're ready, you're not ever going to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's a great point. So it's kind of like that with being decided, right? I mean, and yeah. Pastor said it. We have the Holy Spirit, and so we need to become dependent on that. And yeah, amen. 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 Yeah, I had a friend of mine say it this way there is no such thing as ready. There's listening yes. to God and obeying yes. God, and He equips yeah. us along the journey. Amen. Right? Amen. I, I think all of us could say maybe we're more effective at something X amount of time into the journey sure. than at the beginning. But if we completely wait till we're completely ready, you know, we are going to have challenges. And in fact, what I find really interesting is, is um, even the story when we look at the woman at the well in the book, in the Gospel of John, that she immediately went out and started discipling with all she had available to it. And that was just saying, come see a man who yes. told me everything I'd ever done. Amen. Amen. I, heard a, I heard a sermon over about this one time, and um, the pastor said this, do you know, there's probably a lot of people that came to see Jesus because they wanted to know everything that woman at the well had ever done. <laughs> But she still used what was available for her. She still used it that. And so 
I love that. There is no such thing as ready. So let's let's move on to some of the people that we may think of when we think about disciples or apostles in the New Testament. Peter comes up a lot. Uh, I, I like Peter personally because uh, Peter is someone who is, uh, as a friend of mine would say, lots of times all thrust, no vector, which means his heart was always go, 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 go. But he often, you know, he, he often got some things a little off. But many times people look at him and they say, hey, if you think about a disciple, who's Jesus like the first one or the number one disciple, if we can use that term. Peter comes up. Why do you think that's so? I don't know the why on that other than God just sees things that man doesn't see. But I can tell you this, Peter was the man. And if you look at Peter's life closely, there are 36 different encounters with Jesus and Peter that are extremely unique. I cover those in the book. Mm -hmm. and they're so special because Jesus is really pouring into Peter. He's going to turn this over to Peter. And if you watch it clearly, Acts chapter one, Peter takes off with this thing. So Jesus had the 70, Jesus had the 12, Jesus had the three of the 12, Peter, James, and John, but out of them, he had Peter and it's uniquely spread throughout all the gospel accounts. And he takes off and what a great man. So I, I have nothing but great things to say about Peter because he did his work well. And one of the things that we love about Jesus and his example is that for many of us, if we went into the process of discipling and we have to all recognize Jesus was perfect in his discipling, um, we would quit and we would give up on this journey of discipling someone if yes. or when they ran into some of the hurdles that Peter did run into. Um, you know, whether it's a moment where he, he steps out in the water and has an experience no one else has by walking on water, but he also went down, you know, also an experience no one else had, or whether we're talking about one of the more famous times where Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan, or moments where he says, yes. I'm not going to deny you. And then he denies you. There, there's so much about Peter yes. that would, if we're going to define discipleship in the way that is separate from the Bible, we would have said it through our culture. Hey, give up on this guy. But Jesus, <laughs> you know, continually used him. And so it's just a reminder that Jesus can use any of us. And that there's Amen. probably uh, not a better example than that as well, besides Peter, than this guy named Paul in the New Testament, when we think about him, right. Paul, uh, first known as Saul, for those of us who may not be as familiar with him and the fact that uh, he comes to the forefront in the book of Acts as he's sitting there holding coats and approving of the first yeah. martyr that we have recorded in scripture of Stephen. And right. he's, you know, he's in there giving mm -hmm. the thumbs up. Yeah, kill this guy. Nothing about that says this should be the person that God's going to use to the Holy right. Spirit to pen half the New Testament and to launch many churches and all that. Yet, this is what happened. And, and as we read into the book of Acts, we understand Paul comes to know Jesus Christ. And immediately he is discipled by someone named Barnabas, right? And then eventually Paul as well begins to disciple others. One such famous person that he disciples is this guy named Timothy. We can look in scripture. He's got, we've got letters we can read in the Bible that is part of his discipleship to him. What can we learn from Paul? Maybe for some of us who may be thinking about discipleship and wondering, I don't know if I could do this. Uh, again, great question, because Paul, if you watch Paul's life, you never hear of Paul by himself. Ever mm. write a book he writes, Paul and Timothy, Paul and Silas. You watch him through Acts. It's Paul and, Paul and, Paul and. And when he's even writing, sometimes he'll mention people who are with him, even when he's writing. Paul kept people in his circle consistently. Now, why did he do that? Because Paul was poured into Paul was going to pour into them because he wanted them, 2 Timothy 2, to pour into faithful men. This mm -hmm. is a pattern strictly in scripture 
that is laid out for us that if we watch it, we can really learn a lot from it. Paul really did it well. And I love that reminder, the Paul and, because it's this thing that Jesus doesn't want us to be out there doing it alone. We're meant to be in community. And if there's anyone that we would think maybe could have done it alone, you know, as Paul gives his resume at one point in scripture, you know, I was a, a Pharisee of Pharisees. The guy right. knew his Old Testament. There's no doubt whatsoever that he knew those things. And so that's just a, a great reminder. So we've talked about, you know, Moses. We talked about Joshua a little bit. We've talked about Peter and Paul a little bit. Uh, what are some, maybe some other authorities on disciple making that have impacted you that you're, you're fleshing out a little bit in this book? I, it doesn't come out of my book, but my history is people who have had small windows of time who've poured into my life. Hmm. And I didn't recognize it until I became in, until I got in ministry. And I realized there was different seasons in my life where God sent someone to be an influencer in my life at a critical time. And so I am a product of incredible disciple makers who over the years just took just a season and it wasn't a long time, but that part build towards something that God's using me today. So the list is pretty endless. And today, of course, I'm a great reader and I love books and I'm learning from a lot of good men. Yeah. Well, I love what you just said there that, you know, number one, windows of time, but also you're being discipled from people that you don't know very well uh, because you're reading their books. And so let's just take a moment to say that there's many people who could read your book, Christ Will the Church, but what's, what is my role and be discipled in that way. So it, it could look different. And man, yes. just thanks for that yes. reminder, I think too, because some of us, you know, can think about discipleship towards someone as a, as a lifelong commitment. And that might be the marathon call, but we also might just be holding the baton in the relay race for a little bit to pass it on to someone else um, in whatever it looks like. So that's a good reminder of that. But as we think about it, whether it's sometimes we have wrong perceptions of discipleship in our head, or sometimes we've had maybe a, not a positive experience, or sometimes uh, maybe a knowledge issue is a problem, what are some of the biggest obstacles that you think that we face today when it comes to making disciples? Well, you know, today's people are so busy. I am so concerned about this, and I think it's one of the enemy's tactics. Our yes, church people, yes. our pastors, our leaders, we're busy, but what are we busy about? Mm. And I'm concerned that we have bought into a mindset that business is a good thing, and it's not unless it's busyness about kingdom business. So I think we need to draw our people back to say, why am I here? I'm here for one reason, and that is the kingdom and his glory and his honor. And we need to sell ourselves out to that because that's what he calls. He called them to leave their boats, leave their nets, leave their families, leave, leave and follow him. And the commitment was serious. And I think the biggest obstacle we have today is we've bought into a Christianity that's an easy Christianity. Yeah. And I believe if we're going to get back to the core of it, I've just finished writing another book on the cost of, uh, the cost of Jesus. And I'm concerned today that we're, we want an easy Jesus. And it's costly. Disciple yeah costly that's a good word brian brian can i just jump in just for a second man when you first started this brian you read something about pastor uh wally and it said uh he has the privilege of being god's child and to serve him um several years back i've had the privilege of meeting a lot of uh, a lot of pastors and i met and spent some time with uh, dr charles stanley (laughs) and i was going to introduce it and at this thing at the National Press Club or something. I don't remember what we were doing. But anyway, I said, you know, you've done so much. And I was kind of whispering in his ear and you've done so much. And, and what can I, you know, how much of this do you want me to say? And he said, Dennis, in his Southern style, uh, tell him 
I'm just an honorable child of God. (laughs) And when he said that, man, I mean, that's the basics, right? He didn't want all of that stuff. I'm Pastor Charles Stanley. I'm this, I'm that. Just (laughs) tell him the basics. I'm honored to be a child of God. And that's what I did, man. And they, you know, I mean, it was just a, it was Charles Stanley, but they clapped and, and he just said, Hey, it's what we are. Right. Sorry. But that, no, just, I, I think that ties in really well, Dennis. Me. Yeah. I think we can get the goal off, right? Sometimes we can think the goal, as you just said, Pastor Wally, is to have a really filled outlook calendar. That is not the goal, yes, right? Yes. It, if you're really filled outlook calendar in discipling, that's one thing, but just being busy is not the goal, but it's this idea of discipling, helping us, all of us to grow and to be better children of God, helping others to understand what it means to be, you know, not only just a child of God that's given by our redemption, but also to work out our salvation, to grow more in that way. And so that is the goal. Now, in the last couple of minutes or so, you know, what does disciple making look like practically at Mount Airy Bible Church? Well, I've also written a manual to go with our book, which covers uh, three years of material. And what we do is we take the men through very intensive. They memorize scripture. They put in practice biblical principles. We work on them, make sure we, we try to make sure they know Jesus. That's most foundational. And from that, we build on that to see their depth, their growth, give them accountability partners. We get them involved in ministry. We get them serving so we can oversee that. Our goal is really to pour into these men for at least a period of three years. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to see them mature in that faith and become like Jesus. Now, uh, you can go to Mount Airy Bible Church and find out more about that. I'm assuming you go to your website, M-A-B-C-M-D, Mount Airy Bible Church, Maryland, M-A-B-C-D dot O-R-G. And you can find out more about that? Correct. Cool. Yes, or also, as again, you know, you, as we continue to get in this place where people are more comfortable coming into a building, we encourage you, if you're in Mount Airy in that area, stop by gather together on a Sunday or any of those other opportunities that you have. And definitely, I would like to say this, take a moment. All of us go to Amazon. If we're just truthful, way too much. So if I can tell you to go to Amazon for something redeeming other than I'm just having something delivered quickly to my house that I don't want to go to Target for, might I encourage you uh, to go to Amazon and pick up the book uh, written by Pastor Wally, Christ Will Build His Church. But what's my role? And hopefully today, if you've been listening, that you know that we do have a role. And uh, you'll learn more about it by buying the book. Hopefully, listen to this. You've grown. Thanks, Pastor Wally. Appreciate your time with us today. It's been my honor. God bless you, Pastor Wally. It has been great to have you, man. And really, getting back to the basics, because you said it very well. I mean, discipleship, wow, that's a big deal. And we did. We need to do more and more of that. Amen. Folks, you heard it. You can go to mabcmd.org. That's mabcmd.org. Or you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com. Listen to this again. Um, get to learn more about Pastor Wally and, and what we've shared together. Um, and God has allowed us to do that. Or if you want to get in touch with me, you can certainly do that. You can call me at the radio station 703-807-2266. That's 703-807-2266. Folks, thank you for joining us today. God bless you all. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. 
It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.